0: Now, there were some events leading up to showtime. I want to back up and remind you of some of these events. And remind you, before even the events, of three or four lessons we've learned this past month. They're they're worth reminding you of. Lesson number one. We've learned this, and the lessons will be on the screen. Lesson number one. God was preparing... I'm sorry, lesson number one. God concealed Elijah before God revealed Elijah. Remember, God God spoke to Elijah. Elijah goes into the palace of the king. Elijah says, it's not going to rain for these years until I give the word. He leaves the palace, and God spoke to him in 17.3 and said, now go hide yourself, absent yourself, conceal yourself down by the brook called Kareth. So what God did was, God concealed Elijah before God revealed Elijah. And in the passage we just read, in 1 Kings 18.1, Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, Go show or reveal yourself to Ahab. Now, we've walked through that particular part of the scripture, so now you're getting the bigger picture. One of the lessons God was teaching Elijah, listen, everybody say before Carmel. Because everybody wants to get to Mount Carmel. So before Carmel, God was teaching Elijah, lesson number one, or teaching us through Elijah, that God concealed Elijah before God revealed Elijah. Lesson number two. God was preparing the man before he prepared the ministry. Now God was getting the man ready for the ministry. And we talked about this a while back, that, that basically what God was doing was God, was, God was working on the character of Elijah, so, God's, so Elijah's character could mature to match up to his gifting. And that's where we get in trouble in the church a lot. We're so fascinated by great giftings and great anointings, and, and we're blessed by them. Amen? but how many people have gone astray and gone down the bad path because they're functioning and they're gifting and they're anointing but they never take time to develop personal integrity and character so God was preparing the man before the ministry. remember he sent him to Kareth? Remember what kareth means? What does kareth mean? Cutting. So God begins to cut away at some things in Elijah's life, at the brook. The brook dries up and God tells him to go where? Zarephath. Zarephath means smelting or refine. So it is, as it were, God was saying, okay, now get out of the frying pan into the skillet. Go to a place where I'm going to refine you. Go to a place where it's going to be like a smelting pot. So what was God doing? God was refining the character of Elijah Before he sent him to Carmel. Shout me down now, church. So, God was preparing the man before the ministry. And then we'll get into this next week. Carmel, carmel means fruitful. And so, what happened was, when God withheld the rain for three plus years, carmel, fruitful, became unfruitful. And what we're going to find next week is after the fire fell, Elijah prays for it to rain. It rains again. And the Bible says, either in James or 1 Kings, and the Bible says that the lamb began to produce fruit. So what happened was fruitful became unfruitful back to fruitful when, when Elijah got to Mount Carmel. But before that, God was preparing the man before the ministry. Lesson number three, private preparation before before public demonstration we all want to walk in the public demonstration of power and anointing and Elijah walked in that power but God was forming his character God was forming his character to complement his gift Elijah learned in those three plus years to walk by faith and not by sight watch this Elijah learned Elijah learned to embrace the process you got all that right And all that's a reminder to you, right? Elijah learned to embrace the process. So let's embrace the process. Now watch this. The process of Elijah, and it's probably going to be eerily similar to our individual processes, the process for Elijah involved a dry brook, a depleted barrel, and a dead boy. A dry brook, a depleted barrel, and a dead boy. That's where we left two weeks ago when God used Elijah to raise the widow's son from the dead. Now, here's what I want you to, if you're taking notes, I really want you to write these down, okay? Because here's what's happening. For three years, God sends Elijah into obscurity. Now, I know, I know, I can see the looks on your faces, and I know, no one likes to be in obscurity. Especially if you have a call on your life, and all of you have a call on your life. No one likes to be at the brook. No one wants to be with a widow woman. We want to be where the action is. We want to be where the fire is falling. We want to be where there's a public demonstration of the power and manifestation of God, don't we? But oftentimes we, we skirt around and bypass The process. And what I'm saying is, oftentimes, the process from point A to point B goes through the land of obscurity. So, do you really want God's Mount Carmel for your life? And if you do, you must be willing to labor in obscurity. Ain't nobody teaching that on TBN. Y'all can shout me down now. You're not getting this on your little podcasts. (laughs) Write these down. Here's some principles of of obscurity. You ready? And by the way, just get ready to write, just some principles of obscurity. You ready? Remember Noah? 120 years in obscurity. God used him to save the human race from destruction. Remember Moses? Moses? 80 years of obscurity before he moved into that final 40 years. Remember David and Goliath? Where was David before Goliath? In obscurity. Remember Joseph? Where was Joseph? In prison in obscurity. Remember Jesus? Where was Jesus? Jesus lived 30 years in obscurity. You, you get in Luke chapter two and, and and you read all the way until Jesus is baptized in water at about you know at about age thirty you don't we can't hardly find anything about Jesus and then you find when he's baptized in water and the Spirit of God comes on him like the the next chapters of the Gospels are shot ch- like how did he do all that in three and a half years because I got God Godbombs J- just thought y'all want to know that Jesus was the Son of God was willing. To spend 30 years in obscurity for a three-year ministry. And we won't spend three years in obscurity for a 30-year ministry? I guess we're better than Jesus. I guess we're better than the Son of God. Paul spent time in obscurity. So here's the deal. Here are some principles of obscurity. Number one, dependence. In, when we're in obs- that place of obscurity, where nobody knows where we are. Principle number one, dependence. All of these men that I've listed... And we've seen it in Elijah's life. Every one of them learned to depend on God. You know why? They ain't had nobody else. Elijah learned, you know what? God, God is my source. I'm going to trust in Him. Noah learned, God is my source. I'm going to trust in Him. Moses learned it. David learned it. And so what happens is, though no one wants to dive into a season of obscurity... If we're there and we embrace the process, we learn to depend on God. Preach! Amen. Thank you, Lord. Number two, I'm going to come back to that in a minute, ladies. Number two, the principle of humility. Because when we learn to depend on God, watch this, when we learn to depend on God, when we get it and we realize, you know, I can't do this. <laughs> I, I can't provide my needs. I can't do whatever needs to be done. Then we have a different perspective of God and we have a different perspective of us and then we can humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. So so dependence of God gives birth to the humility of man. Do you see that? Number three, adaptability. Adaptability. When you're in seasons of obscurity, you learn to be adaptable, don't you? We'll, We'll go to the brook. All right. Now the brook dries up. Go to Zarephath. Whoa, whoa, you told me to go to the brook. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm telling you to go to Zarephath. No, no, no. You told me to go to the brook. Don't put your permanent dwelling place in where you are if God's telling you to go somewhere else. Individual, business, and church in the kingdom of God. So adaptability... When we depend on God, we learn humility, watch this, and then we, we have to adapt. And then number four, faithfulness. All of these men, but Elijah learned to be faithful. And that's one of the things that, if I, if I could just, if, I, if God were to give me a, a platform to speak to every Christian in the world, there wants God to catapult them into Mount Carmel, I would say embrace this process of obscurity and be faithful. Even Jesus himself said, he that's faithful in the little, I'll make to become ruler over the much or over the great. So who gives the promotion? Who gives the more? And so you go, well, I just have a little task. I have a menial task. We'll do your task. When God sees that you're faithful, which means trustworthy, when God sees that you're trustworthy to vacuum the carpet in the church, when you say you're going to vacuum the carpet in the church, when God sees that you're faithful to take up the offering, when you've agreed to take up the offering, or minister to the children, or play an instrument, or run a computer, or visit the shut-ins... Or take food to people that have babies. All of those are significant ministry in the kingdom. Yes, you. I don't want to keep doing that all my life. Guess what you're gonna keep doing? You listen to me. I I don't want to keep doing that. Well, guess what you're gonna keep doing? Or you're gonna promote yourself, and everybody's gonna get hurt. Am I lying today? We've all felt the pain of people promoting themselves before God promotes them. We've all felt that pain, and most of us have tried it ourselves. So those are some principles of obscurity.